Bills Mafia was good to Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to the Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. This is The Lowdown. I am your host, Jake, and it is another Friday, so you know that means you gotta listen to me again. But thankfully, we are not coming off of a loss against the New York Jets. And of course, you don't want to say I told you so, but the Buffalo Bills went into MetLife and they took care of business. They did exactly what the hell they were supposed to do. And for some reason, it feels like it's been a long time since the last time I was on this microphone. I I, I don't know why, even though I was definitely just on it Monday night on a post-game show that I did with Justice. Uh, But to be completely honest with you, uh, it's not been the greatest of days, not the best of weeks. It's towards the end of semester for uh, my, my semester, obviously, for school. So it hasn't been, you know, what would you say the the best week ever, but the only thing that could make it better is talking about the Buffalo Bills, which there is quite a lot to talk about. Of course, if you don't know the setup of the show, we always talk about the game that happened last week, and then we will talk about the injury report after the break, and then after the break, we will talk about the Indianapolis Colts, and I do believe that there's quite a bit to talk about, but of course, you always got to start out with something good. We always got to talk about the game beforehand, and obviously, that's not always something good. I mean, we can sit here, and I remember having to talk after the Jacksonville game. That was rough. I mean, maybe it was a little bit more rough for me than people just watching at home uh, because I was there. But this uh, this is one of those games where, you know, it, we're coming off of a really big win that the Buffalo Bills had. So definitely going to enjoy talking about this a little bit more. Just a little bit of an update. I don't know about the status of next week's show as of right now because, of course, the holiday season. I do record these on Thursday nights, and I will not be here. I will be with family, and I'm not sure about the schedule of the lowdown come next Friday, but I definitely will be here for the first round bye that will be on Friday night if that is also still happening. So not quite sure what is going to be happening when it comes to the content come next week but i'm sure there will be updates that built in buffalo will put out as long as i am still here they will you know take care of things for me because that's what teams do now i want to start this off with a little bit of something that you know i don't usually do but it's a little new segment that we're gonna do uh, things that i was right and wrong about uh, it's kind of short because I didn't make uh, quite a lot of predictions. Obviously, I was wrong about the score. But last week, I said that uh, the Buffalo Bills shouldn't even bother running the ball against the New York Jets because even though their run defense was awful, I just didn't have any faith in our run game as a whole. I was wrong about that. But what I was right about was passing the damn ball all over the place. I said pass the rock. Their secondary is awful. They're one of the worst passing defenses in the league. 
take advantage of that, go off, do what you need to do. Uh, the Buffalo Bills decided that they wanted to uh, do both of those things. So that was great. Obviously, uh, the Buffalo Bills needed to take advantage of trying to get the run game together because if you're going to play against a team like the New York Jets and not establish the run, what are you doing? Because, you know, there's plenty of teams that are decent against the run that the Buffalo Bills haven't been able to do much against uh, when they're matchups that they have even coming up against the Colts this week or against the Bucks or against the Patriots two times. I don't see the Buffalo Bills establishing their run game against those two teams. I'm sorry. This run game is just not good enough and the offensive line does not play good enough to be able to create holes for our running backs to have success against good defensive lines that are able to clog the lanes. But let's talk about what the Buffalo Bills did against the New York Jets. And that all starts with Joshua Patrick Allen. Yes, Josh Allen threw 21 for 28, 366 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick, which on upon replay was not a interception, but the Buffalo Bills did not challenge it. Uh, that means Josh completed 75% of his passes, and statistically, it is the best game he has ever had against the New York Jets. You know, if you look back, usually you'd be like, oh, Josh has lit up the Jets before, especially last year. Uh, not as actually not as bad as this year. That's uh, crazy to think about. Josh Allen. Usually, the Jets play really, really hard against the Buffalo Bills. They don't usually end up winning, but they do play the Buffalo Bills really hard. So Josh Allen had a great game. Obviously, you know it was it. It feels like it's quiet, right? It kind of gets hushed under the rug. Like, oh, it's Josh Allen had a good day against the Jets. Okay, Whippy, whatever, you know. Like Josh Allen did good against the Jets. Good, that's what he's supposed to do. So you know, twenty one for twenty eight seventy five percent completion. That's awesome. Uh, one of the big things on the day though were the four rushing touchdowns. Yes, the Buffalo Bills had four rushing touchdowns, which was not something I was expecting to be able to come on here and tell you guys this week but yeah the buffalo bills had four rushing touchdowns and the score ended up being 45 to 17 obviously the jets got a few garbage time uh, got a garbage time touchdown and you know it's such such as history um i i don't really need to go much more into the bills you know absolutely dominating the jets i will give you some stats stefan diggs had eight receptions for 162 yards and one touchdown gabriel davis three receptions 105 yards almost his best game that he's ever had but zero touchdowns and then matt Breida three receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown so matt Breida had a rushing touchdown and a passing receiving touchdown in this game. And I think that the Buffalo Bills should look at that and think that Matt Breida should be a weapon that they use in this offense a little bit more often. I think that it definitely opens up the game a little bit more. And Breida is not only a weapon in the backfield with his elite speed, but he's also a really good receiving target. Obviously, he also had a fumble in the game and people are going to point to that. But I think Matt Breida had a decent enough game that you can't sit there and say that he does not deserve to be more involved in this offense because he does. The story of the game, though, right, is the defense. I mean, Mike White, I was saying White Lightning uh, basically coming in. I said that White Lightning better not strike twice in MetLife, and it didn't. 
Oh, no, it didn't. There wasn't even a cloud in the sky, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the storm known as Mike White rolled out of New York City just as quick as it came in to the fact that now this week against the Miami Dolphins, Mike White is not even playing. He has been benched for Joe Flacco. And uh, say what you want about the dysfunction that is happening over in uh, the Meadowlands with the Jets. But it is uh, it is quite crazy to think that the Buffalo Bills not only – ended the legendary Eli Manning's career, which we can talk about that, but after the Buffalo Bills played the Giants the year that they drafted Daniel Jones and Eli was still playing, uh, he was benched the week after they played the Bills. We also ended the career of White Lightning Mike White, who is going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame forever, most likely, and he is also going to be out of the NFL probably just as quick as he came in. But what happened? Why? What happened to Mike White? Mike White had a terrible day. It was a Nathan Peterman-esque game that he had against the Buffalo Bills. But look, I don't know what people were expecting. Were they expecting Mike White to come in against the number one defense in the NFL and absolutely light it up? I'm sorry, the dude got cut from the New York Jets five times last year. You shouldn't expect a guy like that to come out against one of the best defense in the National Football League and light it up. Now, did they expect him to have four picks? No, probably not. But he did. And who did he throw those picks to? Well, our secondary decided they just wanted to completely go off. Jordan Poyer got a pick. Taron Johnson got a pick. Tredavious White got a pick. Levi Wallace got a pick. And Micah Hyde forced a fumble and then recovered said fumble. Look, the Buffalo Bills have 24 turnovers through nine games. That is a franchise record, ladies and gentlemen. This defense is going off. So I don't understand why people like Stephen A. Smith can come out and say that the Patriots are the most dangerous team in the league that you got to play them because they have the second ranked defense. What like what even is that? Okay, so the Patriots are better than the Bills because they have a rookie quarterback in the second ranked defense, even though the Bills have more talent and have the number one ranked defense. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of recency bias when it comes to uh, how the Buffalo Bills have played. Uh, but it wasn't just the secondary that had a day. I mean, Ed Oliver showed out during this game. Look, Ed Oliver, you know, obviously people want him to come out and be Aaron Donald, but Aaron, he he's not going to be Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is what you would call a unicorn or an alien in the National Football League. He's not somebody that comes around very often. So Ed Oliver, do I think that he could, you know, be Aaron Donald? I maybe he could be that player. He does have flashes where he looks like a dominant player on our defensive line. But I'm not going to sit here and go, Ed Oliver needs to be Aaron Donald or he's a failure. Obviously, that's a high bar to you know try to compare up to. That's like if teams that had dominant players said, if, if you look, Lawrence Taylor and Bruce Smith are some of the best defensive players of all time. If during the years they were playing, you had a defensive player and you were like, oh, well, they're not Bruce Smith. They're a failure. Yeah, obviously, you know, that's a little bit hard to try to do. So Ed Oliver, 
good player. I think he's going to be a good player for a long time. I don't think he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league, but I still think he's going to be a great player for the Buffalo Bills. And Harrison Phillips, not a lot of people want to talk about Harrison Phillips during this game just because, you know, Star Latulale went out and Harrison Phillips stepped right in and it really didn't feel like they missed a beat. Now, obviously, it was against the New York Jets, so you can take it with a grain of salt, whatever you want to do. But Harrison Phillips stepped right in and was playing some pretty good ball. And if you watch the All-22, you'll see that Harrison Phillips was doing a really good job. And you know what? I, I'm happy for that. Obviously, uh, Harrison Phillips came into the league and he had those comparisons too where they're like, oh, this kid is going to... They literally said this kid is going to be the next Kyle Williams. Obviously, having those kind of expectations thrown onto you, especially you know when Bills fans you know love Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams, one of the best players in franchise history at the position. When you get drafted and you're immediately compared to that, obviously some fans are going to have higher expectations for you. I think Harrison Phillips did a good job. And with Star Latulale still being out for a while, I think Harrison Phillips is going to get the necessary, you know, time that he needs to possibly show that he does deserve, you know, a contract and to stay with the Buffalo Bills going forward. Uh, one of the great things that I love too from our defensive line during this game is just how physical they were. Uh, definitely something that we've heard being preached, uh, being more physical and even to the point to where Robert Sala said it was fun to watch the Bills defense, which you shouldn't say after getting absolutely demolished by them. But still, you know, they were hitting Mike. There was a couple instances where they hit Mike White after the whistle. And, you know, while you don't like to see players, you know, hit people after the whistle, like, hey, oh, that's a dirty play. You know, it's still, you know, they were just pushing him down and, you know, not anything too truly malicious to hurt him. Uh, just kind of something, it's kind of like a game that you play to get into your opponent's heads. And uh, really, the only person that came over to stand up for uh, Mike White was Connor McDermott for the New York Jets, and that just kind of showed me right there that the New York Jets, kind of as a franchise with their players and their organization, they don't have any heart. When you have your quarterback who, you know, apparently, you know, should have been the first overall pick, but not only that, should have also, when he walked in the locker room, they were saying, Mike White, Mike White. So when Mike White is being harassed after the play, nobody wants to step up to do anything. When, if you know, if that's Josh Allen, we've seen our offensive linemen come to basically his defense. And the New York Jets, it is just quite obvious that they have a lot of problems there the Jets players playing with no heart and the Jets game just overall again I I don't know why the New York media and you know the the New York Post every, every everybody kind of just hyping up they all bought into Mike White when Mike White yeah he had a good game because you know there wasn't a lot of tape on him and then after that he dinked and dunked his way to a good game got hurt in the second game comes back against the number one defense in the league and for some reason when he throws four picks and looks like absolute garbage everybody seems to you know be surprised I wouldn't be surprised with that but that's the first half of this week's show obviously I'm Jake you are listening to Lowdown this is on the Built in Buffalo podcast network and Make sure to join me in the second half where we are going to be talking about the injury report and the Buffalo Bills week 11 opponent in the Indianapolis Colts 
coming into town in Orchard Park, and it's going to be a game, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to want to miss this breakdown. Again, you've been listening to Jake. This is the Lowdown on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, and I will see you guys in the second half. One thing. When we do us, nobody can f*** with us. Nobody. Be some f***ing dogs today. Let's go get a dub. Wait, okay, what's your thing? Wait. Wait. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown, and obviously, this is the second half of the show, and you know what that means? That means I get to sit here and tell you about all the injuries that the Buffalo Bills have, and also COVID cases. Oh, boy, that's a just a fun topic that we want to talk about, right? Uh, Yeah, so this is probably the first show that you're hearing that isn't a live show that, you know, we're talking about, you know, COVID cases that have happened because obviously on Thursday, breaking news, we will talk about what happened. Uh, but first, let's talk about the injury report that is not COVID related. Uh, there's a few names on there. Taiwan Jones was out with an illness. He's now back at practice. Uh, we have Emmanuel Sanders had a vet rest day on Thursday again. You are listening to this, and I will tell you that this is the injury report that came out on Thursday. Obviously, if you want the most up-to-date coming out on Friday, go check out Buffalo Bills PR on Twitter or just Built in Buffalo because they always retweet and repost what the injury report is as well as you know listening to your live shows that probably cover it as soon as it drops but most definitely uh i'm going to assume like when i do this i go okay who are we worried about who are we not worried about uh basically the ones that i don't think we need to worry about are cole beasley he's been on the injury report every single week with ribs but he does play in the games so the fact that he was did not participate in the limited practice again just tells me that cole beasley is basically just being kept to where he doesn't have any risk of re-injuring himself and then matt milano has been limited practice on wednesday and thursday he's been in a red non-contact jersey for a a shoulder injury I think that Matt Milano still will be good to go they're just keeping it to where he is you know not having any chance of re-injuring himself the one that is still you know a little bit concerning is Tremaine Edmonds uh, not participating in both practices this week and that's not a good sign well it's a hamstring injury and we know the buffalo bills do not play with hamstring injuries i've said this before especially when we were talking about matt milano is that the bills just don't play when it comes to hamstrings so the fact that he was out last week and most likely out this week is not a good sign especially because of the team that we have to play against i just not having tremaine edmonds on this team is not good it's just not a good sign for the buffalo bills and it's definitely going hamper the team defensively to where you know they're not going to be able to do exactly what they want to do because missing a guy like tremaine edmonds will definitely put a wrench in your plans but what are the plans for the buffalo bills week 11 matchup against the indianapolis colts well before we can talk about that 
we do have to break the unfortunate news that Spencer Brown was put on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, I'm pretty sure nobody has a definitive answer for what is going on with Spencer Brown, whether he's vaccinated, because of course, if you're vaccinated, the rules are different from being unvaccinated. If Spencer Brown tested positive, but he is vaccinated, if he tests negative two times 24 hours apart, he would still be able to participate in Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Conflicting reports coming out, Sal Capaccio saying that he has not been ruled out for Sunday, so that must mean that he is still able to play in the game, which would mean he is vaccinated, but if he is not, that would be a minimum 10 days. He is not allowed to be in the facility working out and practicing and being able to prepare for games, so that would also put Spencer Brown out against the New Orleans Saints on a short week on Thanksgiving, and that is just not good, and a lot of people are now sitting here speculating, okay, what what is the line going to look like? What's the offensive line going to look like? Because a lot of people don't believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to roll out the same exact line against the um, Indianapolis Colts that they rolled out against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I am not one of those people. I actually think that the Buffalo Bills will roll out that same exact offensive line against the Indianapolis Colts. They will give Cody Ford another shot, and that pisses me off. But of course, you know, they still feel as if, you know, if a guy like Ryan Bates, who's on the team, or Jamil Douglas, who's a guy who's been on the practice squad, we know that the Buffalo Bills have had guys come off the practice squad and actually perform very well as well. I mean, just Justin Zimmer is an example. Obviously, he's not on the team right now because he got hurt in a season-ending injury, but still there have been you know people on the past that have come up and been able to take over that position, take over positions and to excel in them actually and to overperform from what we actually thought. But I won't be surprised if they roll out that same line with Bakker and Ford and they then have to move Williams to tackle and it's just going to be a whole mess. You know it's a problem when one of your guys goes out, especially a rookie. That just tells you how mismanaged the depth on the offensive line is and how they don't have anybody who's solid at positions. Really, I think that if they're smart, they would actually give somebody else some time at the tackle position. And I know that Daryl Williams was a stud over at the tackle position last year, and that's what gave him the contract that he has right now. But I think he's just better on the inside, especially against this Indianapolis Colts team. Really, I think that if they're going to do anything, maybe give Tommy Doyle a chance. I know Tommy Doyle had to come in for one play when Deion Dawkins got hurt last week against the Jets, and Josh Allen got absolutely lit up on that play. Tommy Doyle basically proved why he is not going to be an answer at tackle, but again, it was one of his first snaps, so... I don't know. I really think the importance needs to be having people that are dependable on the interior line, especially against this Colts defensive line. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy, you do, you do not want to mess with some of these cats that are on this line because whoever what your tackle was, your whole offensive line needs to be ready to fight. And I'm not quite sure if I can say that I have the utmost confidence in this offensive line now that Spencer Brown is out because I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we we're going to talk about obviously we're going to talk about the Colts defensive line because I do have to you know give I I don't know if I'm going to do a prediction this week. I'm a little bit scared to do this because I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, this is a team that last year gave us a really good fight with Old Man Rivers back there. Obviously, some people can say that maybe Old Man Rivers was better than Carson Wentz, uh, but that's not something that I'm going to say. I think that Carson Wentz with this team last year in the playoffs against us, I think they actually beat us in the playoffs. But the Colts are also banged up. Their injury report is very, very long. I think somebody must have absolutely mugged DeForest. Boris Buckner before he came into practice on Monday because he had like three injuries that he was dealing with. But, you know, a lot of their key guys like DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard who were on that were on that injury report for them ended up coming up pretty much in full practice or limited in some capacity in practice today, which is Thursday. So definitely I you gotta watch for him, man. This this team, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing they started off slow but they've been gaining some momentum and they're one of those teams like the patriots that just has momentum and you can see that the team is getting better every single time they play so of course i gotta do keys to the offense keys to the defense this is for a buffalo bills win look the offense you gotta get the ball out quick teams that have been able to have success and have below average offensive lines are able to scheme and get the ball out quick. I think that needs to be the focus this week is to just not let Josh Allen hold on to that ball for as long as possible because, one, he's going to be pressured. Josh Allen will most likely be running for his life during this game, and we know it. So I think that getting the ball out quick is probably the most efficient way is making sure to run routes where Josh Allen can get the ball out quick before he gets hit. And that's definitely something that we need to do. And if they're not going to do that, they got to do their best to keep Josh upright. But I know that it's asking a lot of this offensive line, especially against a line that has guys like Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard is one of their linebackers. Look, this team is going to be coming after Josh Allen. So keeping Josh upright is a long as we can is definitely going to be one of the things that we need to do to be able to stop this really good defensive line of the Indianapolis Colts. And I think Josh Allen, too, I think a lot of it comes down to him. Don't play hero ball. We've seen Josh Allen do it before. I saw it in person with the Jacksonville Jaguars game when that offensive line was just getting beat play after play after play they were getting beaten Josh Allen had to try and make something happen because he just wasn't taking what the defense was giving him and he was trying to get the big play but he just didn't have enough time because the offensive line was downright atrocious they were garbage that game and look I don't expect the offensive line to play any better this game I don't expect them to play worse but they are going against competition that could make them look even worse. And I think this could just be another indictment on the Buffalo Bills coaching staff when this game is done. 
and I hate that I have to say that, but it's something that we need to be prepared for that we could come out of this game six and four. And I know as soon as I posted it, as soon as Spencer Brown went down, I said six and four. Obviously, it was a, a joke. Most people overreact like that. I just said six and four. Uh, some people that you know I think are closeted doomers actually believe that I was serious. Look, the Buffalo Bills still have a hell of a chance against this team. Look, the Indianapolis Colts secondary is not one that you have to worry too much about. Look, the uh, and and this is crazy because this offensive line played against the Jags, who the Jags defense was literally one away from being the worst in the league and pass defense, and the Buffalo Bills still could not do anything against them because Josh Allen didn't have enough time. So I think that their defensive line is going to make their secondary look even better than it would have said our offensive line only have one weak link over at the left guard spot. Now it kind of has three shaky links and some that are just downright broken. So I would say that the only key to do this is if we get the ball out quick and are able to take advantage of a secondary who basically the only person that you could really name in it is Rocky Sin, who wouldn't even be a cornerback two on the Buffalo Bills. You got to take advantage of it. And we all know it. So what are the keys for the defense? Look, you got to clog up the lanes. The Colts have two guys back there. I know everybody wants to focus in on Jonathan Taylor, but they have two guys too. They got Naeem Hines back there too, who is another guy that can absolutely kill you. He's a little, he's just as good of a running back that they have back there as Jonathan Taylor. And look, Jonathan Taylor, he has been on a run. He's about to surpass Derrick Henry in rushing yards, which is crazy that Derrick Henry had so many rushing yards and he hasn't played since week eight and we're going into week 11. So yeah, I think that the Buffalo Bills are good at clogging up the basically all the lanes that a running back would use. I think that the Bills are one of the best defenses against the run. And I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to keep a guy like Jonathan Taylor in check. I think that what it comes down to is, look, I've got no, no problem with the Bills defense being able to handle this Indianapolis Colts offense. Look, They've got Carson Wentz back there, and my second point is getting to Carson Wentz. Look, Carson Wentz has had some boneheaded plays this year. It's, it's sometimes like you think that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and then he goes out there and he looks like you know Matt Stafford the last couple of weeks. Like the the fact is, I don't know what to. I don't know what to expect when Carson Wentz walks into the building. Are you going to get Carson Wentz who's going to dice you up and, you know, it should be a game where you just invite Carson Wentz to try to beat you for four quarters? I think that that's what the Buffalo Bills should do because Carson Wentz is one of those guys that does take shots and does make some boneheaded plays because he also is one of those guys that likes to play hero ball. So I think getting to Wentz is the key. Obviously, I think that, you know, they have a banged up T.Y. Hilton. Paris Campbell can never even stay healthy. Michael Pittman Jr. is one of those guys. And I think that the Bills just really need to get to Carson Wentz, try to make him force some throws, and you're going to get some turnovers. I think Carson Wentz is probably good for about two turnovers. I think that Carson Wentz is going to have one of those stat lines that's like uh, 50%, like 55% completion percentage. 
and then he's going to have 200 and something yards with like two interceptions and a touchdown. I think it's one of those kind of games for Carson Wentz. And I think that the Buffalo Bills defense can do it. I think that the main story in this game is just going to be the Buffalo Bills offense and their offensive line against this stout Colts defensive line. But that was this week's show. Obviously, you guys have been listening to The Lowdown. I am your host, Jake, and this is on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. If you're listening to this, it's Friday morning, so that means that I will be live on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel on Friday night, first round by with my guy, Justice General, and my guy, Izzy, and we will have Charlie on as well, who does the Halftime Adjustments podcast every single week on Wednesdays. So definitely make sure to be there for that show because it's going to be great. I think there's going to be some great discussion that comes with that, especially being one of the first shows that Built in Buffalo was able to put out since the Spencer Brown news. So again, you've been listening to Lowdown. I've been your host, Jake, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you.